When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Hey there, welcome back to the Winning Plays Podcast with Brian, Rob, and Michael Pina. I am Rich Levine, and in an alternate reality, we'd be knee-deep in NBA free agency this week. So today we'll break down the best and worst free agency moves of Danny Ainge's Celtics tenure. But first, as always, please subscribe to this podcast wherever it is you listen. Give us a follow on Twitter, that's at WinningPlaysPod. Shout out to CLNS Media. Shout out to BetOnline.ag, uh, B Rob and, and Mike Pina. So we're talking about the the best and worst of free agency today. Uh, not very many bad. I know we said this for the draft too. We said this for the trades too. We don't want to kiss Danny Ange's butt too much, but not too many bad free agency signings. You agree? I agree. Yeah, I think B Rob might have a few more based on just reading the tea leaves of our text threads and kind of what he said before we started recording i don't want to put too many words in your mouth b rob but uh, you'll probably have several more bad decisions than than i i do at least i don't know about rich either well so that's the thing b rob are, are we so because sometimes a bad decision a good decision turns out bad sometimes maybe a bad decision turns out okay what's what's our grading system for these bad and good free agency moves yeah i mean so for this series we've obviously been ranking um, you know, whether it's best and worst draft picks or best and worst trades, we do it from, you know, from bottom to top. And I think for with free agency, you have to just look at like most consequential um, and also cost in terms of where the team was at. So uh, obviously uh, missing on a minimum salary guy is not the same as missing on a mid-level or a higher salary player. And, you know, missing on a player in the middle of the rebuild – is not the same as missing on a player in the middle of a, a title window. So, I mean, that's those are the factors I put in play there uh, for mine. Um, do that. Do that as a lineup of what you guys had. Yeah, more or less. That sounds good. Do you want? Do you want to kick us off with your? With we're going to start with our worst. That's that seems to be the trend that we've been doing. Do you want to kick us off with your, with your fifth worst, Danny Ainge? Danny Ainge free agency signing. Yes. Um, we're gonna go here. It's it's really tough to pick just five here. I, I kind of want to just do a grab bag for number five of just minimum level big man bus because there's <laughs> it's really tough to sell to to separate them, uh-huh. but they all I feel like they deserve a spot on these rankings. And so, uh, without further ado, I'm going with um, a poo poo platter of uh, Darko. Uh, Patrick O'Brien <laughs> and um, Mikey Moore wow. for just guys that just didn't have it, did not, you know, were brought <laughs> in and had to, and had to, and had to play meaningful roles on there. Dargo didn't obviously since he was gone after you know two days, but that was a a roster spot that um, you know could have filled someone else. But Patrick O'Brien, Mikey Moore, those were guys that you know roster spots that could have been used on a veteran that could have given them something and those guys just brought nothing to the table so um or were scared off by kg so um they are those are those are bad signings wait wait so real quick i guess like throwing there's a couple names here that i if we were just gonna say these are bad signings even though like i think the money doesn't justify just like calling calling it bad but well, like, it's, it's it's tough. There's not a lot to pick from. So it, we exactly, to... yeah. I couldn't even get to five personally. Um, but so, like, where do you stand on Shaq? Yeah, Shaq. Th- that's my number five. Yeah, I think Shaq belongs. To, I'm not gonna. I was gonna probably put him at four in his own category since because he had a bigger impact there. But he he's Shaq. But um, yeah. Like, if that's Rich's five, then I'm in agreement. That's my four. That's like Wick Grosbeck's like number one favorite. 
signing just like the like what was, what was the thing that was it was just like the marketing team like went through the roof like the oh, business the highest tv ratings ever yeah on and csn it, exactly like the 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 benefit of signing him just like the the roi must have been absurd because he's like one of the most popular players of all time and they i think he was league minimum right I'm yeah like, it was minimum yeah yep. so is yeah, he your five pina i i mean he's in my he's like on my list um and but like again i just really like it wasn't even that he was like bad when he was healthy either he like he played fine i guess like it was more the I, assumption that he was gonna be healthy and stay healthy right, right yeah that bothered and, me yeah because then once you know he gets hurt then they're kind of in a pickle and they can't kind of shore up that position so sure yeah i see that yeah i guess like if i have to call it i'll say like five slash i agree with all of b robs too so the grab bag, I, I threw Shaq in the grab bag too, I think. And not only, you know, did they assume that, but then they, they compounded it with, with our worst trade uh, winner of the Danny Ainge era, which was trading Kendrick Perkins and putting all your eggs in, in Shaq's basket. Brutal. Right. I mean, that was just, again, having... Well, not all the eggs, as we'll get to. My personal number one, <laughs> my, my number one is coming up. But, uh, but yeah, no, but yeah, it, was, like... it was tough. It was a gamble. It was a, you know, maybe they should have just not played him. That might have been, that's, was, Shaq was better off being a PJ Brown sighting. Like, don't even play him until February or March for that team. And then you have a better chance of getting him healthy to the playoffs. They looked so good in the first 20 games of the year that probably influenced the front office's decision to a degree, being like, okay, once Shaq gets back, we'll be able to kind of roll this out again. And yeah. obviously, it never, never came to be. They would have had to have him in for, like, practicing, though. Because like, if they was waiting until February, he would have been, like, 700 pounds. Oh, yeah. You practice him and stuff. Shaq's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not the kind of guy you say, hey, okay, come, go, go take care of yourself and come back in uh, in late February. I don't know. He doesn't um, have P.J. Brown's physique. It's like, a great uh, point, yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. So, four. B-Rob, what do you got? Um, well, Shaq was my four. So, that was my – the big man grab bags was – was so rich who's your number five five, yeah who's your or who's your number five are you your five was Shaq for you rich so who's your five was Shaq uh my my four I'm gonna I'm gonna set up a a few fireworks here in honor of uh Independence Day uh and a guy who I think likes to make America greater than anyone else on the Celtics roster right now Jesus Christ I uh I love it (laughs) (laughs) um this was gonna be my hot take yeah I I also have him on my worst yeah, how, do, how do you, you pay Gordon Hayward? And yeah. again, it's not Danny Ainge's fault, not Gordon Hayward's fault, but uh, he's he's made $90 million so far, and we'll see what happens this year. Although, you know, we're not blaming him for potentially missing the conference finals, but he's potentially going to miss the conference finals this, uh, this year. But yeah, you know, $90 million, he's averaging 13.6 points a game. Missed an entire season. It's just a, it's just an enormous miss as a free it's, agency. No yeah. one's fault except Fates, but uh, it's it's a tough one. It's one play, kind of ruins everything. Comes down, has one of the more gruesome injuries in recent NBA history. Uh, total fluke. I mean, we go back to before the Celtics signed him, and a lot of the rationale for not trading to get someone like Jimmy Butler or Paul George was they they were strongly confident that they could just sign Gordon Hayward, Hayward with their cap space even though the Utah Jazz and the Miami Heat were going to be also in in hot pursuit. Um, I mean, like, before the injury, this was, like, a really great signing, and this would have been (laughs) top three, I think, right? Like, if he never got hurt, this is probably a top three Danny Ainge signing. Uh, No-brainer. Worth the max. Was an all-star. Probably almost certainly will never be an all-star again or, or get up to that level on a consistent basis. I would be a little surprised if that happened. And I just, like, when you're talking about, especially, like, with the cap not rising basically ever again, um, <laughs> a max deal is really tough to squander. And when you give someone a max, it's like, you know, someone once told me that when you give out a max contract, there's only a few guys who are actually worth the max. So what you're really doing is trying to get value on the max. So someone who would, in a different system, like LeBron would like get a $100 million contract if that sort of thing was allowed. Someone would pay him that. Yeah. Exactly. So he the value you get on 
a LeBron Max is like obviously different from a Gordon Hayward Max or a Mike Conley Max or whatever. Um, so you're not really getting any. Va- this is like a negative value hardcore because he's just not <laughs> even close to that type of production. Yeah, I left him off my list because I'm curious to see how this year is going to go. And you haven't seen him, enough, B Rob. I haven't. Well, listen. <laughs> Um, I just don't think, like, for, I, I guess I just excluding injuries from, like, turning things into bad deals for guys. I mean, Shaq is a different category because that's a guy you expected to break down and with the age he was at. Um, Hayward in his prime, a fluky injury like that, I get, I get, that's a mulligan for me. That's doesn't fall in it. But I understand why you guys, you know, if you're just looking at results, obviously, then, yeah, that he's not worth the bang for the buck after the the injury but i don't know he was pretty good this year when he was healthy um if they get to the conference finals with him playing a big role this year and he doesn't have to split for too long um during it then i don't think he he falls in he's not in my bottom five i guess so real quick uh before we move on from gordon b rob if you're just like power ranking celtics right now Mm mm-hmm where is Gordon Hayward on that list for you? Like overall players? Like on the yeah, players on the Celtics. Oof. Um what Kemba are we are we are we just assuming if we're if we're talking healthy Kemba, then he's three. If we're talking non healthy Kemba, then I'd say he's two, Hayward. Oh, oh. So ahead of Jalen either way? Yeah, ahead of Jalen either way. Oh wow. Ooh. I I disagree. I would say he's four. That's just where I'd put him. Yeah, um, him and Tice are, are close. Him and Tice are four. very close. No, Tice is Tice yeah. is important, but Titus is not in the, that Tice, conversation. Tice is one. Tice is Tice is uh, one with a a big exclamation point. Um, B Rob, you said you said like, and you also said hopefully. Well, let's say hypothetically, the Celtics do make the conference finals. Let's say hypothetically, there are conference finals. Um, what, what what do you think is the shortest amount of time that Gordon Hayward would miss if he comes back to Boston for uh, the birth of his fourth child? Uh, I think minimally probably two games, uh, likely three games, um, assuming, again, he doesn't stay too long after the fact to hang out with uh, his new his new son. And it is going to be it's going to be an indie. Oh, it's a son. Wait, it's going to be a, a son. Daughter. No, it's a son. First, oh, first he must son. be very excited. Okay, yeah, so he's pumped. That's why they kept um, trying. I think. Right. <laughs> um, and so the it's actually going to be in Indiana. He also said ah. for for the birth. Not that that's going to have much of an impact either way. Uh, well, in terms of distance. it might. I mean, that would have an impact, I think, because if you read the the player's handbook, they dictate the number of days needed to quarantine by where, like, how bad COVID is. Oh. In this, this, the city or the county or wherever right. the person goes to. So, if you go to Massachusetts and cases are in severe decline to the point of non-existence by then, versus Indiana, which could be a hotbed, we don't know. I mean, cases I think have been going up in most of the Midwest, so that could actually play a role. Yeah, it's a good point, Mike. Um, yeah. So, and did he, did he I, say that he just wants to be there for the birth? Like, yeah, he didn't. He didn't elaborate in terms of how long he planned on staying and stuff. But I imagine he wants to be there for the birth, and I assume you know, uh, a day or the overnight or whatever. Um, again, I, I imagine a lot of it's going to be influenced by timing too. Um, sure. If there's a break, who knows? Maybe they. I mean, I can't imagine the Celtics having an easy second round, and there's a break in between there, and she and Robin has the baby on the earlier side in September. So maybe that's probably the. Best case scenario in terms of having, you know, missing less time if you're Hayward, but I don't think a scenario like that is likely at all, um, just based on the matchups. And who knows? Maybe they're going to be out, and it's not going to matter. Um, that's a very real possibility too. So, but yeah, it, it's out there, and they'll, they'll be ready either way. Obviously, just to to play without them. So, who do, um, who's like likely to step up in that scenario if Gordon misses extended time? Oh, I mean. I think you just have to look at one of the the bench players and it's like whoever like whatever rookie 
looks competent, I think. And I think it'll be either like a Grant Williams or a Romeo Lankford, to be honest. Um, I think those are the two because those are guys that can play more for or just have the versatility, in Lankford's case, to play defensively. And, um, again, if whoever's making their threes out of those two, it would be my guess. Yeah, it just think- depends on the matchup. Right. Yeah, I was gonna say they'll just play Marcus Smart forty eight minutes. That's a, I mean that's that a too. Good I mean that's that's gonna happen anyway. But you're gonna still need someone to play fifteen minutes a night. Um, but yeah, I'll be it'll be an interesting wrinkle for sure. Um, all right, so well, that P- was P- so. Pina, is that thunderstorm that we hear? That is a thunderstorm. Right? I'm actually watching lightning right Oof. now uh, out my apartment window. It's pretty scary but uh we're, we're gonna push through uh so yeah. if i stop talking for whatever reason that's because i was killed so yeah. hopefully okay. we keep the power going here yeah we're, um, gonna, we're gonna keep going even if, even if we lose you this 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 episode no uh, yeah through. just uh, dedicated to me yeah we can't do the top <laughs> <laughs> all right what do we got uh did everyone do everyone do their number four yep so i had my was Shaq, um and mike where'd you have hayward on your list well, I mean, my list was... <laughs> or what is your list? Your list, I know, is very short. Right? You have three names on your list, or what's your... I've already said two of them, and I, I'm kind of, like, holding off for the last one, who I think would be number one for both of you guys, too, maybe, so I don't want to, like, spoil anything. But okay. I, I was mostly just kind of... I thought the Gordon conversation was really interesting, and I was I didn't expect Rich to have Gordon on his list, so I was, I was pleasantly surprised to see you agreed with me, Rich. My pleasure. Yeah, we Ke- Kelly O and Gordon. Exactly. Our, yeah. <laughs> we stick together. We'll always have those. And B Rob didn't have either of them on his on his list. Interesting. No. Yeah. How about that? Okay, so you're number three, B Rob. Who do you got? Okay, so I'll say this. I want to put Jeff Green here, but I'm not gonna because I got a first round pick for him uh, eventually. So that that salvages this deal. But at the time and how it played out, I do think four years and $36 million for him, mm-hmm. it was, was not a good signing. Um, but he's being left off the honor and put it on the honor mention list. So I'm going kind off of the, off the grid here with, with this one. This is another poo-poo platter um, slot for me, number three. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys remember this. At the end of the – so after they traded Perk – the 2010-2011 season. They also cleared out a ton of roster spots after the trade deadline for <laughs> big name signings. I want to, can you guys remember who these guys were? I can. I can name two of them. Were there three? There were three. Uh, Carlos Arroyo is one. Yes. I think. I, mean, I guess that Troy Murphy is is on the list. Yes. And the last one was. Yeah, I don't get it. Who is it? Uh, uh, let me guess. Uh, Sasha Pavlovich. Ding, ding, ding. Wow. Um, Murderous so Row. Murderous Row. All these three guys were awful. <laughs> <laughs> and talking to people after the fact about that season, they were saying, like, that was the biggest mistake we ever made. And I think kind of influences Danny Ainge's attitude about buyout signings to this day, about why he, like, veers away from them. But... Murphy had nothing left. Arroyo was, you know, shot 31% from the field. Pavlovich was 27, but seemingly washed up at that point. And, <laughs> and again, they, they kind of just remade things on the fly and, you know, thought these three veterans could come in and give them something once, you know, they were so washed out by injuries. And then it was a disaster, and that led to a disaster, you know, helped lead to, it wasn't obviously the main factor in them getting kind of destroyed by the heat. But um, that led to a free fall in the standings for them in the last two months of the regular season, which set up that matchup of the Heat. And um, yeah, so I think that I think that whole philosophy and the way you know mm-hmm. that the buy-in of things and how vital that was to that team that year—that's um, my number three. That the the poo-poo platter of bad buyouts. You know what? I, I actually have a name I want to throw out there that I actually didn't include in my initial list, but I feel like deserves some criticism here. That hasn't been named yet, so I guess I'll just call this my number three. Yep. Uh, Vitor Favarani. Mm. I almost <laughs> put him on my list. Good, good one, Mike. A, just atrocious. Like, <laughs> how did he make it? Uh, like, what 
you know, the Boston Celtics have a pretty good international scouting department, I would say, that has borne some seriously productive players. I don't... They didn't even pay him the minimum, I believe. Like, no, they got, paid him a portion of the mid-level, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking it up now. Over $2 million. Um, yeah, he just, like... My, my like, maybe this is being unfair, but, like, when I think about him, I think about, like, him having, like, a beer gut, like, and barely being able to run up and down the court. Like, am I, is that unfair, an unfair characterization? Or, like, what do you guys think of when you think about Vitor Favarani? I remember I was excited by him. I mean, his, I'm looking at his, his, his game log right now. The second game of his career, obviously, it wasn't a very long NBA career. Second game against the Bucks, of course, it was a loss, but he had uh, 12 points, 18 rebounds, and six blocks. Yeah, he guess, had some. He, he peaked in those Bucks. first two games. Of the no, yeah, he, yeah. I was about to say, yeah, his career was like, like his one season was like Vince Carter's career, <laughs> peaking at the top. <laughs> El hombre, El hombre indestructible. <laughs> no, uh, indestructible. Yeah, that's what it was. What a, what a great nickname. I'm, I'm, but yeah, he's, and by the way, he's only thirty-two years old right now. That's scary, because it seems so long ago. Um, that's a good pull, Mike. Yeah. As an honorable life of that, no, I don't, that I don't love it. I, I was I was a fan of of, of <laughs> Um All right, Rich, your number uh, your number three. My number three is Rashid Wallace. Um, mm. And again, again, so it's tough because you look at Rashid's uh, year with the Pistons, um, right? Yeah. Before before uh, the Celtics signed him, and it was pretty decent. Like he he went played six played 66 games what by the way uh, one insane number of, of his Celtics career he played 79 games that season um, maybe he was just you know, I think he was just conserving his energy every single game which sort of made it less likely to get injured or whatever it was but the the season his last season in Detroit he averaged 12 points seven and a half rebounds a game um, you know shot 35 percent from three so that that's why I, I didn't put him higher but he was a guy, and especially the way it came down to in Game 7, right? If there was ever a game, one game, we need you, Rashid, to step up and be the guy we thought was we were, we were getting. And he just didn't have it. And I think that was symbolic of the entire signing. Just a big disappointment. Um, so, yeah, Rashid's my number three. Damn. I disagree. Yeah, I love I, – forget – I, like I don't care about revisionist history. I I love Rashid Wallace. I love his time in the Celtics. I don't blame him for Game Seven. I yeah. I I disagree with everything you said, Rich. Why? Because <laughs> he's a legend. I mean, he like I, to this day. Whenever something good happens in my life, I do his three point. You know, you pull out the three fingers and you pull it back into your chest. Like that's my celebration move in my daily life so i got that from sheed his legacy lives on with me and when's the last time you did that in your real in, well in like not life? in like about for probably like four or five years it's been a rough rough go here <laughs> rough but stretch. yeah but i mean he's 35 years old when he signs with the sun i mean i don't know what the expectation by the way is. this isn't saying like the best and worst seasons of rasheed wallace's career we're not blaming rasheed we're saying danny agent's free agent danny Ainge's free agent signings no, yeah, I know, and, and I, it, it, it's it's slim pickings to come up with bad ones for sure, but I mean, it just wasn't kinda, a good one. It, well, no, probably wasn't a good one. Um, but he gave them what they needed in the playoffs. Like, like, like he was for the Lakers series up and down, but he was great against the Cavs and against the Magic. For me, and I agree with you, Rich. Like his regular season, awful. Like one of the worst. For mid-level guys, period. Disgrace, yeah. Like he shot like twenty-eight percent from three. I think he was allergic to offensive rebounds. It was which it was, was, it was a problem in game right, seven. Which was problems, which is why they like stumbled and were like a four or five seed going to those playoffs. But then he got right when they needed him to, and he hit threes in the playoffs. And as far as game seven goes, you're you know, he didn't I kind of put that more on Doc Rivers than Cheed Bridge, because you can't. He played 35 minutes in that game. You have to know what you can get out of him. And like everyone in that game, I think Doc. You know, those guys were gassed. Doc played like and six guys in that. Exactly. game. Exactly, he played six guys, which was I just think was the wrong thing to do. Like play Sheed 25 or 30 minutes, and you get you maximize him more as opposed to him having nothing left. And he had 11 and eight in that game, so it wasn't like he was a complete dud. But I kind of I put it more on Doc than Sheed for that one. Okay, agree. I mean, it is, actually, I put it on who I have as my number one, 
and mm. <laughs> uh even though he technically, I don't think, was on the team at this point, but I still just loathe everything about his tenure. Um, can we just, like, like how many more well, bad ones do you guys have that you want to, like, yeah, run so through? We have two. So I have I have the two big ones. I, I think we all have two left here, and I'm guessing we all have the same two guys. It'll just depend on what order you want to put them in. Okay. Um, I think. Who's your number two, B-Rap? Uh, my number two is Jason Terry. Wow. Uh, I didn't put Terry on my list. I yeah, I was fine with Terry. You're fine with Terry. Terry was not good at all. Go go get, make the case. Terry was brought in. Yeah. Was a literal like, not as like he was always been a sieve on the defensive end, but like he didn't shoot well at all that season to the point where I think I mean he kind of his overall numbers weren't terrible. Like ten points a game got his three-point up to 37%, but I think his struggles all year long in just terms of finding a fit and a role for mid-level money was, you know, just made that a, a bad bet on a guy that shouldn't have, you know, you were already too old as it was, and unlike Sheed, who, you know, made big plays for them once the postseason rolled around, uh, Terry was not good enough in the playoffs, too. So when you put that with the fact that it also helped kick to Ray Allen out the door, like since that signing happened a couple of days before Ray said I'm officially out, I just think that was a. I think uh, Ray a, made up. I th- look at those as separate. Yeah, I mean, but I think, but if there was any chance, it was like it sealed the deal, like to to get him to come back. I agree. Like it probably was the wheels were already turning on that front anyway. But sure. once once Terry was signed, then that was a done deal, and so for that and for what just like for how poorly that season went. Um, for that whole team, I think Terry was for the full mid-level money. I think that was the his signing was helping t- end that big three era. We should say he's thirty-five years old. Like he's right. a six. How tall is he? He's like six one, six two, guard. Six like I don't know. My expectations were that he was like I thought he would be a pretty good pick and roll partner with KG. And to a certain extent, he was. And maybe you could have been a little more experimental with the lineups you played him in and all that. But I don't know. At that point, you're kind of like, they were kind of hanging on. And it was clear that the Miami Heat had eclipsed them. And I don't really, like, look at this as a But But why sign the 35-year-old then, though? Like... Well, when she, like investing because that was a bad contract they had to like dump after the fact, which they, which they wisely did in the KG and Pierce deal. Um, well, yeah, but, I was yeah I was gonna say I, I was like they got off of it pretty smoothly, I would right? Say. But that's because they were able to package it with someone else and, and take a bad money back for him. Billy King was so impressed by how Jason <laughs> Terry played in a Celtics uniform that he was like, "Damn, I gotta get this dude in Brooklyn." I would say the, wor- the worst thing he did was get the tattoo. If he didn't get the tattoo, the that's champion. true. I forgot, about, I forgot about the tattoo. So great, oh man, yes. I think we'd be, we would have remembered and treated everyone would have treated him very differently without the tattoo. <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of you can't do that and then come in and again, it wasn't the, it was it, it was it was leaps and bounds worse than than uh, than than the Jason Terry that anyone had seen and anyone was mm-hmm. expecting, but it was made so much worse by the uh, by the tattoo. Let me get this read in real quick, guys. There's no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partner, Bet Online. Sports are slowly making its way back with the UFC, NASCAR, and soccer leading the way. Bet Online has all the best odds lines for the upcoming matches this weekend. If you need more, Bet Online has live NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations happening every day. Um, if you're looking for something other than sports, Bet Online has hundreds of live casino games, poker tournaments, and all the best props in the business. Visit betonline.ag or use your mobile device and join now to receive your new welcome bonus and start playing today. That is Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Um, yeah, Terry, I didn't have so number two. So it was okay. So my number two, I, I knew we, but you, both you guys were going to pick for number one, so I just wanted to, to break off a little bit. So I'm gonna, I'll, I'll save my number two. And my number one is a tie with uh, Jeff Green and Mark Blount, actually, and uh, and. And I know oh, like Mark said, Blunt's a good one. I forgot about Mark Blunt. Six years, forty-one million dollars for Mark Blunt. Oh. Mark Blunt, uh, Jeff Green, and what, what was the Jeff Green? Was it four? Four, four thirty-six. Yeah. 
And, you know, they got the first round pick, like you said, for Jeff Green. And they got out of the Mark Blunt deal uh, after, I think, two and a half years or even a year and a half, maybe. So it wasn't that bad. But just giving that kind of money to those guys that are just such downers and such just like just sap the energy out of your out of your chemistry, out of your locker room, of everything. Those are just those aren't guys that I believe deserve big contracts like that. So that's my tie for for Danny Ainge's worst to uh, Could, free agent just, signings. So real quick, like. Mark Blount, or he started out with his, uh, the pronunciation of his last name was Blount, and then he changed it to Blunt. Or am I making that up? Rich, you would know. <laughs> what would I know? Um, <laughs> I, I don't know, actually. So it, it says, it still says, it's funny, if you look at the pronunciation on uh, Basketball Reference, it looks like Blount. That's a, that's a wild card. <laughs> or maybe that's, oh, maybe it's Blount. I'm not sure. Let me. Uh, I mean, I, I could see it would make more sense if he changed it from blunt after like how like you know lackadaisical and just kind of yeah. shitty he was after getting that big contract. Um, do, you, do you know, guys? He wrote a book. I did know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow! Really? I did not know that. My first triple double. I'm gonna have to wait. Look that's that the name up. of the book. Oh, he's. I think it's like him giving tips on investing for entrepreneur or for athletes. Um, yeah, it looks okay. like he did well. With, I mean, good for him. Yeah, right? I think he, sure. did, he 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 was good with his money after he signed that big contract, and uh, so you know maybe t- you know Danny Ainge started a, a really good thing for the Blount family that will be felt through the generations. But as a I, sorry, go ahead. No, I think this is a great pull. I, I totally forgot. I assumed that that deal was given to him before Ainge, but you're dead on. It's that's that was a huge oversight by me and a com- a complete uh, nail by you on this. So I think beat Rob. I think you and I have the same number one here. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a safe bet. It's Jermaine O'Neal. Um. So I'll, can I say why he's not my one? First? Sure. Go ahead. So first of all, the season before with Miami. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, my refund. Played seventy games, averaged fourteen and seven. Mm-hmm. Um. He signed for I know it's a mid level two two years twelve million. Mm-hmm. Looking around, what do you think Hakeem Warwick got that 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 same uh, that same summer as a free agent? Four four for eighteen. Drew Gooden got five for thirty two. Tyrus Thomas got five for forty. Thirty year old Louis Scola was five for forty seven. I would have loved Scola. Scola would have been a gem <laughs> for five for forty seven. <laughs> I would have loved it. I sure. just think I just think Jermaine O'Neal. I, I I just think it was a it, it wasn't a humongous risk. You didn't get much back. But uh, not worthy of the worst. Okay, okay, okay. So let me let me make the case here. I know he so, didn't do a funny thing after he shot three pointers. Yes. Yeah, so he signed. They signed him to the full middle level after right after they lost to the Lakers. Uh, trying to play street. Trying to shore up the rebounding problems that were the reason that they lost that series. Um, at the time he was battling a chronic knee injury. This was the lock. The summer of the lockout. So instead of having surgery take care of that and also i believe a wrist injury that was lingering he decided not to do that entered the season was not able to uh i don't know the exact injury timelines here but basically it was confounding that he did not have the off-season surgery to take care of himself and rehab and it was a problem for his two years he played nine playoff games that first year missed the postseason the second year because of injury troubles and was awful on the court. And a few years uh, after he left the Celtics, he was on the Golden State Warriors. And there's this one play, you can look it up on YouTube, where the Warriors are playing the Clippers. Doc Rivers is the coach of the Clippers. And Doc Rivers is just like unloads on Jermaine O'Neal from the sideline. And you can kind of <laughs> hear what he's like. You can read his lips and it's not great. He's calling him names. And they both got double technical fouls, and uh, that 100% stemmed from the frustration <laughs> that Doc Rivers had coaching this dude, who, like, kind of clearly did not go 100% in on the Boston Celtics and try to keep that alive. Like, he, like, I mean, you don't want to say someone was like, he took the money and then just didn't really earn it, but. 
I would say that if you talk to some people who were around at that time, that that's maybe the assessment that they would have. And just to like further magnify the timeline you're talking about of injury, Mike, because I was, uh, I had just started covering the team then, so it was very, like in person, so it was very vivid to me. Uh, so he had the knee issues probably around like January, so like midway through the season that like got worse and worse. So everyone was recommending him do surgery, like from doctors to the team being like, okay, this is going to put you out for eight weeks. Just do it now. And then you'll be back for the playoffs. And he said, no. And then he ended up doing the surgery six weeks later anyway, after like trying to rehab it. Like, and that's the situation to me where it makes no, like you, that's like leaving your team up a river. And I know like surgeries, you know, a no one wants thing, to but this surgery. was no, one wants to have surgery. But if it's like, if it's just a, like a cleanup thing and, you know there's really the odds of the rehab helping it are like minuscule then like what do you want to do here how do you want to help the team this wasn't like an acl situation this was you know cleaning up some bone spurs or something that got him back within four to six weeks and so he got back late he obviously was never right that first pro season and then like 49 total games over those two years um at a time where you know the team that could desperately needed him um in both those postseasons. Doc Rivers quotes in the middle of those seasons, too, about oh, yeah. when asked about yeah. Jermaine O'Neal was, like, him being, like, peak political Doc Rivers. Yes. And at sometimes he wasn't even political. He was just like, yeah, if this dude <laughs> comes back, that like that's great. If not, we'll be better off. <laughs> just like, it was like, I, like, it's just he's an easy number one for me. And I this is also, like, you know, we're calling this like Danny's worst signings or whatever, but like it's really also kind of difficult to 100% blame the GM in a situation like this, too. It's funny because you, you weirdly like blame Jermaine O'Neal for Rashid Wallace, but if you really think about it, who, who, who else is there to blame for signing Jermaine after that Lakers loss? Because I believe Probably. that Rashid Wallace contract was a two year deal, wasn't it? Yeah, a two year deal. Yep. And then he but retired. He retired. He couldn't, he, couldn't, he couldn't even last two years. He was done. That's where that's where he was mentally. Rashid walks away from the team. Danny's like, oh, shit, what are we going to do? He has to rush and sign Jermaine O'Neal, and, and here we are. All comes yeah. back to Rashid Wallace. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. I, uh, that's a fair comeback there. This is good. I didn't expect us to have so much. We went longer on the bad than I know. thought we were going to. Well, there's a lot of debate here. We had a lot of different opinions on it, which was made it good. Maybe but, the good um, will be smoother. The good, I think, I think there'll be more, there'll probably be different orders, but similar names, I feel like, in the goods. But let's, uh, let's yeah, my, start off here. My five, my five was Avery Bradley. Um, I wanted to put him on there just because of how much shit Danny Ainge got for some reason when the deal happened. Do you, you remember that, B-Rob? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He, or he, he, got lit he, up. he got absolutely eviscerated for 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 the contract. Four for years, thirty two. Yeah, yeah. Four years, thirty two, and I think within a month, or no, maybe a year or so, it was one of the better contracts in the NBA. So uh, shout out to Avery Bradley. And then it was kind of like Avery's going to get a four year, hundred million dollar deal. Wah, wah. And obviously, yeah, that didn't happen. Unfortunately for him. Uh, Avery was on my honorable mention. Uh, it was a tough cut. But, he was on uh, my honorable mention as well. I agree with everything you just said, Rich, in terms of uh, good bang for the buck. Um, B-Rob, you want to give your fifth? Crap. Yeah, my fifth, it is, again, not a guy that wasn't here very long, but a very important player uh, that you needed to nail because you just didn't have uh, many other options and much money to do. And so that's James Posey. Mm. Um, One-year deal, or it was a two-year of a player option for $7.5 million in the summer of 2007. And that was the perfect, you know, backup wing for that team. And he got paid off of it. And it's it's too bad that the Celtics, you know, I mean, we'll, we can talk about that another day. But they, they we spent the next, about it. Yeah, we already talked about that, you know, already. But they spent the next five years trying to find a good replacement for him. Never really got it. Um but Posey was huge for that team f- from the defense and the three-point shooting. And, um, you know, it was one year, but that got you a title. I don't think they, this team wins a title without Posey on that team. So um, that's my number five. Yeah, that's a good pick, b 
B-Rob, I, he's on my list, or I, I have a lot of names here, so it's either an honorable mention or a five or a four, but I'm going to shout out someone who's very similar. Wait, but before, before you say that, Pian, I just want to okay. say that for every reason that B-Rob just said, James Posey is my number one. Wow. Wow. I like it. He's the, he's the only free agent that's brought Danny Ainge a title. True. You don't win that title without James Posey. You're technically correct, Rich. Uh, I I can't say that's number one with some of the other players who are who have been signed, but um, that's pretty fascinating. Uh, <laughs> and the money is good. The money is kind of crazy when you look at it too. The fact that you signed him, you it was a player option, and you obviously would have liked a team option or no option at all. But two years, seven million. I mean, obviously the cap was like. Uh, less than half of what yeah. it is now, but that's still pretty impressive. And I think that was a great bet by Posey, too. He probably could have gotten more money elsewhere that year, but he's like, I'm going to play great for this team and then get my next big deal, which he did, and he was washed up two years into it for the, the Hornets in uh, New Orleans. But um, that was, the, that was the, the ultimate win-win situation for a player and, uh, and team. Wow. James Posey. I like that number one, Rich. Yeah, that's, that's like that's I nice. respect that number are you, one. Are you? Did you put James Posey number one because you felt bad that you didn't put Kelly Olynyk number one? And that was <laughs> no, I, well, I should have put Gordon a little bit lower if, 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 if that was the case. But no, I told you, when I, when I looked at it, I was just like, if we're talking about like not only bang for your buck, but actually winning a title, which is the whole point of bringing these free agents. That's the reason you brought in Rashid. The reason you brought in Jermaine O'Neal is because for some reason you thought those guys are going to make it a little bit easier to get a title. And Posey did it. He's the one. Sure. He was. He was such a critical member of that team. Not going to argue with you there. Okay, um, so let's talk about PJ Brown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, PJ Brown is my number five. Um, if for like literally no other reason, I just at least once a month think about the mid-range jumper that he hit in Game Seven against the Cavs, second round. Uh, I rewatched it right before we started recording. And it's a pretty interesting play. There's like a little bit over a minute left to go, and Eddie House has the ball, gets the ball. Like Paul Pierce drives from the top of the key, and the defense collapses, and he kicks out to Eddie House in the corner. And Eddie House has like a basically a wide open corner three, and instead of taking it, because the Celtics were only up by one at this point, game seven, like ridiculous crunch time pressure. He takes a dribble inside the three-point line. The defense then pounces on him, and he kicks out this little, like, back pass, bounce pass out to PJ, who's wide open for an 18-footer. And, like, this type of play would literally never happen in today's NBA, which is really (laughs) funny. But Eddie House kicks it back to him, PJ Brown wide open. He just, like, sticks it, and the Celtics go up three and basically celebrate like they won, even though, like, three points back then was, was, like... What might have well might as well have been like five or six or seven, which is also funny to think about. But just a really humongous shot. Uh, they would they might not have won that game if he doesn't hit it. And it's also really interesting to think about how PJ Brown was on the court at all at that point, like <laughs> and crunch <Eddie> time. House. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Eddie House <laughs> and PJ Brown were the two crunch time dudes, not Rondo and Perk. So. Um, just a yeah, really funny, uh, critical, funny moment, but critical signing. And he was just like, also like, there's so so much like swagger with PJ Brown, and you had to respect him. And that also came in like he he was like so tough and like so cool under pressure. And yeah, I just I love everything about PJ Brown and how they kind of took him off the street basically and we're like do you want to play with us because he was (laughs) not in the nba at that point and they signed him because the all-star game was coincidentally in new orleans and they were down there all three of them uh pierce allen and kg and they like all approached him at the same time and we're like please like join our team which is just like a great story um yep that was one of my favorite stories from that year and yeah i'm gonna mention on my list uh again just just only due to time but um yeah just so many parts of that team they could probably couldn't have won without it and him in game seven against the Cavs, um those jump shots will uh forever live on perfect four for four from the right. field in that game legend um all right rich what is your we got your number five we just got your number one so far right 
Richest uh, number we, two is Eddie House, right? Uh, we've, we've got my we've got my number my number five is Avery. My number one is That's James right. Posey. Uh, my number four is Al Horford. Oh Oof. man, what? Two. Okay, give, give the reasoning. Well, okay, didn't exactly get you Kevin Durant, which is kind of a, a big reason you're going for it. Uh, for, and I know it was it was symbolic. It was the, it was the first big uh, free free agent that the Celtics had signed. Um, I, I think that was more circumstantial uh, as opposed to like you know guys actually not wanting to go to Boston. But is a guy that he, he he I think he got worse probably every every year of the contract before he left. Um, didn't leave you lead you to to the finals. Couldn't keep the the team together uh, his last season. Again, he's still four. He's still the fourth best. Yeah, I was like, are you arguing against him? Yeah, no. But this is why why he's not higher. Um, he was still very solid. He said he was. I think he was an important uh, symbolic signing. But it was that that was it for me. Oh, yeah, it, I, it, it, it was, it was so a great disres- signing, but not 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 one of the three best. This is so disrespectful. I got. Yeah, like, I I agree. I agree with Rich. You agree with Rich. So yes. you you don't think that? Uh, are you just? Is it because he was a max deal and there yes. wasn't value on the max? Yes. And so I'll be honest. Right now, he was my number four on the list last night. Oh my! And God. then I then I kicked him off entirely. Because I I have I, I have a different four. Wow. Because it is Horford was again. This is he's all we're mentioning. He I fault no one who puts him high in this list, but it's a max deal, and his production kind of declined as we went. And then, you know, he wasn't he wasn't able to keep things together last year. And I think he always faded against the Cavs when he met his kryptonite and Tristan Thompson. Um, so yeah, he he's not there for me. So uh, my number four, I guess, is my hot take of of this. Um, Jalen Brown. Hmm. Jalen Brown's uh, on my list. I will say. Yeah, that's what I. He is from. So maybe it's not that hot, but I just think that's a clear-cut max guy that you signed for, you know, Under a good max. percentage less than the max. And he's. I think he has all-star written all over him now, based on how things went this year. And you have him under control now for the next four years with no options. And we'll see how high he can rise on this list eventually. But, um, you know, when it comes to keeping this core together down the line, like getting him for less than that total max deal, um, I think could come in pretty big handy here. And uh, I think even with the salary cap, you know, whether it's going to be a freeze or going down and stuff like that, he would have gotten a max no matter what this offseason. So you still you benefited there no matter what. I, I'm just gonna say, yeah, Jalen. I'll I'll put him at number four as well. Um, I definitely already had him at number four before we started recording. <laughs> um, I mean, everything you said is is right, B. Robin. I think what's really interesting is like Danny Ainge is known for not uh, extending uh, his own crop, his own rookie scale guys. He Rajon Rondo was really the only one. Uh, I believe before he did Jalen Brown and like the it's like less about uh, saving money in this instance than just understanding what you have and appreciating it and the criticisms I mean a lot of people did not think that this deal when it was signed was a wise one they thought it was a significant overpay and Jalen was coming off like a nightmarish season really like the, for them to have faith in him uh during that year where it was just a, it was a mess for everybody but in particular him he was very inconsistent and to have the confidence that they had and show it and express it with this type of contract just kind of changes in my opinion like if i'm a different free agent and i look around and i'm like man the celtics like paid jalen when he was like struggling like they had a lot of faith in that dude like that's an organization that I could see myself playing for, and I think being really player friendly in this time is just critical if you're one of the thirty teams. So I just think it was a really smart, wise move. And if Jalen continues to improve at the rate that we've seen, uh, if that we saw this year before it was suspended, you're, he's going to be a perennial All Star, and he might be even more than that. He's he's exactly where the league is headed, and to get him under contract for as long as they have is just it's, it's a windfall. All right, so that is 
four for me and Mike. Uh, Rich, I assume he's not on your list. He's not. I mean, I had him as the as Danny's best draft pick, so I feel I feel like I didn't sell him too short. But yeah, I, I but I agree with everything you guys said. He probably if I right. did it again, he probably would make it over Avery Bradley or probably Al Horford. All right, I like wow. this. So, uh, <laughs> I, I, Rich, who's your? Can we just go to Rich's number three? Yeah, yeah. Rich. My number three is uh, Kemba Walker. And I know are we can can we count that as a free agent signing, even though it oh was, yeah yeah we're gonna yeah even though technically it wasn't yeah so I, I just I just think that that the Celtics were at a crossroad um, where you know after Kyrie and and Mike's favorite Big Al you know left them and the, you know just <laughs> left left them to die you had you had Jason you had Jalen you had Gordon who was still you know still recovering. And like, what are you going to do to salvage this? Like, are the Celtics just going to be a, just a, a middle of the road team again? Suddenly, are those dreams of, of this instant rebuild going to disappear? No, they needed to find the perfect replacement for for Kyrie, and I think that that's what Kemba is. Um, and it remains to be seen, right? Like, like, like how 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 his knee is going to hold up? You know, how to what heights he can help carry them? But I just think in terms of you know, if, if you don't if you don't sign Kemba Walker, I don't know if Jason Tatum is 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 running to to sign the max to to play to play out his career with the Celtics. I don't know if necessary Jalen Brown is saying this is where I want to be for the rest of my career. I think Kemba helps stabilize all that um, after like a really shitty place that the Celtics were left in. So that's why he's my number three. Interesting. I I, think I, I see your case there, like from a. Uh, fork on the road standpoint for the team. I do you disagree with it, B Rob? Yeah, I mean he's. I didn't consider him uh, for in my top five, but I can see the. But I didn't think about it from the perspective that Rich kind of brought in terms of where you know the Celtics could have gone in two different directions there. And you know, well, again, we'll. I think it's more of a you know we we'll obviously see how it turns out here, but um, it could very well turn into where Rich has him. Yeah, I I have him on my list um, as my number two, Ooh. and I just think like the max is a lot. Of course, Kemba's worth the max. I don't think there's any. He's not worth the super max, which is why he's not. He's no longer with the Charlotte Hornets, but incredibly solid dude. Incredibly solid locker room guy. Positive presence. Uh, his game offensively is exactly what you want out of a point guard, a score first point guard. Uh, obviously, there's defensive questions that make him a little bit more vulnerable than, you know, another two-way type of player, a wing. But, you know, Rich, you put James posing number one because he helped them win the championship. And, like, there's not a lot of guys that Danny Ainge has signed who put you in a position to compete for a championship and Kemba Walker is one of those guys, and I think he's just a really critical player, uh, a really critical part of this team. And offensively, you know, their offense has been not the greatest when he's not on the court for a reason. And you know, we don't need to really mention the defensive on and offs here because it hurts my argument. <laughs> but uh, yeah, really, he's an all-star caliber player, and. Uh, you're not getting the greatest value on the max, but that's just in the reality of the NBA. That's what he's going to get paid. And you, there's not really a lot of teams around the league that would be like, I don't want Kemba Walker, even if it is for the max. Then the knee worries me. That's the one thing right now of him, the long term. But I, everything you guys have said here, um, you know, you can't, like you said, you can't really argue with that. Everyone. He was no one team. of the most durable players in the whole NBA before this knee injury. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, like, again, hopefully this these months of rest here really, and, you know, he always had the grind of the FIBA World Cup, too, on top of going into the season, so that um, I think maybe just worsen things, and hopefully now uh, a few months to recharge the batteries uh, makes him looking like the guy we saw in uh, November and December. Um, all right, so, Mike, you want to give your number three, or should I give my number three here? You go ahead. Um. I'm going to get some crap for this. This guy's always had a soft spot in my heart. Um, Can I guess who it is? Yeah. Tice? No. I really thought about putting Tice on here. Oh, Jerebko? What's that? Jerebko? Jerebko? <laughs> Another honorable mention. 
Um, no, I went to bat for this guy a lot, and Jay Crowder. Uh, yes, Jay Crowder. And <laughs> you can laugh; that's fine. But Jay Crowder was your player centerpiece to getting a star in Kyrie Irving. Obviously, the Brooklyn pick was the top part of that deal. Um, but Crowder, whether it was it was Kyrie or if they trade for another star, like for any team that wants to also win, like he, that was the perfect signing. Um, five years, $35 million as he was turning 25 before he really broke out. And that's why I give Ainge extra credit here and the, the C's front office staff. Like you could, you know, they were kind of just ahead of the curve and they maximized his value by giving him those five years because that made it look like a really great contract. Yeah. for any team no, down the line. I, and I know he's fallen off now, but it's like it's it's more of uh, putting that contract in place and then selling high on it when they did, and that's what they did, obviously, in uh, 20, 2017. Yeah, can I just say real quick, like, I give a lot of credit to the front office, for sure. And that contract, like, is inarguably one of the, I would say one of the 10 most intelligent, team-friendly deals of the decade, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just like I, this isn't even a, like we already knew the value of a wing who could shoot threes, who could defend multiple positions when that deal was signed. And I just like I kind of just like more blame the agent than I do give <laughs> credit to Ainge. Hmm. Is that fair? No, that I mean that's a fair point. Like what? But, you, what is that? What was he doing? Like. <laughs> It was. I remember when it was signed. It was like very questionable to lock someone up for that long, and yeah, he suffered because of it and lost a lot of money. A lot of money. So much money. Yeah. Um, like him and Isaiah Thomas's agent, like, um, probably owe those guys tens of millions of dollars right now for the bad deals they they got them locked into. But Jay Crowder's uh, birthday today. Jay Crowder. I mean, he only to the agents or credit, like he only shot. You know. 34 percent um you know from or even less than that excuse me um closer to 30 percent from the field um three-point line in the, from the three-point line exactly excuse me um that final year including just 28 percent in boston you know he became such a critical part of that team right away um when they you know made that second half push towards the playoffs once I, they got isaiah too but his his counting numbers weren't great yet um, or as percentages weren't great yet, and they obviously developed um, and you know have never been consistent, but really peaked those f- next two years he was in Boston. So uh, the agent probably was like, "Hey, this guy, you know, I know like Jay Crowder, you're you're not amazing, so it, you should take the security." And it, it hurt him, but the Celtics, you know, gave him enough to to lock him in there, and that turned into a pivotal part of that team for the next two years, and then a pivotal part to finding the next star um moving forward yeah i just i I would be remiss if i didn't mention our uh, trade value episode of Mm. what year was (laughs) that? i don't think we need to do that no uh i forget i want to say it's 2017 it was probably right before that that trade happened just a legendary uh podcast (laughs) hour and a half or whatever how long we spent doing it um for those who did not listen b rob thought that Jay, at the time Jay, <laughs> he still thinks it today he told me right before we started <laughs> record uh that jay crowder's contract was more valuable than uh jalen brown's um but no i i this is yeah this is a really wise signing for a front office and what's really it was a little frustrating i think just in a lot of ways J- jay crowder's like lack of improvement in areas that needed to improve like he was such a downhill driver and he would only go to his right and he would follow like it was like a little frustrating after a while when you would watch him and you didn't have a ton of confidence in his outside shot but it looked pretty um but no i mean for the money you definitely got value here the celtics definitely got value and then when they obviously in the trade for Kyrie, it's inarguable that they they, they get the best player in that deal, and they might not have been able to get it done if they didn't include Jay Crowder's contract. All right. Um, you have your number three, Mike? My number three. Um, 
Amir Johnson, two years, 20... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> you had me for a second. <laughs> Although I, I will say real quick, he was like on my deep bench honorable mentions just because he was the first player that the Celtics like ever really signed. Like uh, with with like cap space, right? Like I'm pretty sure there's a cap space contract, yeah. Um, and the Celtics had like no... There were no free agents who were looking at Boston before that, for not necessarily Boston's fault, but um, so he he started the whole trend here. So I just want to shout out Amir Johnson. <laughs> um, honestly, I think like you know it hurts me not to include Rajan Rondo here, but I'm gonna bypass Rajan and say that Marcus Smart's extension, hmm. four years, fifty two million. I just I love that deal. Loved it when it was signed. Uh, I think that this t- this kind of goes into what I was saying about Jalen in terms of betting on a player. And Marcus Smart's three-point shooting pre this deal and post this deal is two different worlds. And he's kind of just come to embody everything. He's like... Is he? He's not officially the captain, right? Or I don't know. No. They don't even. I don't know if they have a. Captain. They don't. They don't do captains. Yeah, he would be though. I think. Um, and he, more importantly, he just like symbol symbolically has come to, uh, just represent what the Celtics are about and how they want to play and how they value defense and how they value just like a grinded out mentality. So I just I I think that that contract is great and. Uh, it's one of the few, I guess, quote unquote, tradable deals when we talk about like how who would they include. But it, it's like at the end of the day, you don't even want to trade it because it's so valuable to your own team and your own team's success. Yeah, you can't you can't argue with a with a Marcus signing. I my, my the only one that we haven't mentioned for me is 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 Rondo. Is is he on your list, Pina? I know you just no. He was a, he was probably like six five point five. Wow. Yeah, he was. So, Rich, I assume he's number, your number two? He's my number two. Yeah, just locking him up when they did 11, uh, five years, 11 each. And just going into that, stre- that stretch one where that stretch run where for a large portion of it, he was the best player on the Celtics, right, despite the three Hall of Fame teammates. Um, and just having him locked up for that, that many years and just, just – it was just something you didn't have to worry about, right? It was just Rondo was there for that reasonable money. And I think again, unfortunately, they never got another title out of it, but uh, they came pretty damn close a few times. Um, but yeah, just getting him when they did, I just think it was just a very shrewd move by Danny Ainge. Uh, just very, uh, just an impressive signing. Yeah, uh, he was my number one. Wow. Um, just to fair add to what Rich said, like he, you, the Celtics had so much money tied up in Rayon and and Pierce and KG and. So you really had no margin for error there with luxury tax, and you got Rondo at a, you know, a bargain rate that you found out, you know, just months after signing him that huge extension um, in 2009. So that they should have had one more title out of it if they had some better health luck, and he was, you know, arguably the best player on those teams for you know two or three of those years of those deep playoff runs. So um, yeah, I'm I'm with Rich in terms of putting it in the top tier and i'm mike i can't tell you how shocked i am that he this is not on your list given you i'm know, unpredictable i try to it, be. it is <laughs> wild card uh, yeah um i mean yeah like i love this contract love rondo everyone who listens to this should know that about me um i'm i just at the end of the day i have i just feel like the al horford contract was so important to this era that we're currently in and i still think that maybe even though it was for the max that it's underrated in at least his production and his impact on everyone around him was underrated only made one all-star team in a celtics jersey but like i don't know like he had so much on his shoulders when he was here and he was a perfect fit in just about any lineup and for the most part, stayed as healthy as possible. And I don't really blame him necessarily for everything that happened in that last season. I thought it was just a lot of different factors. And I don't know if there was any one human being who could come in and stop it. Um, 
So, yeah, his leadership style never really reflected someone who was going to just stamp down and change Kyrie Irving's attitude or whatever. But uh, on the court, uh, I just love everything about his game as the big who could pop to behind the three-point line or even spot up. And I, defensively, one of the smartest defenders in the league, uh, one of the best passers for his position. And again, just like what he did for everyone else in ways that can't be quantified on basketballreference.com made him so valuable. And it was meaningful also just to see someone like that sign uh, with the Boston Celtics, because uh, Amir Johnson aside, like Al Horford's kind of <laughs> the first real dude who came through and was like, I'm excited about the young players here, and I think this team has a bright future. All right, so is that have you redone everyone now, Mike? Is that your whole full list? So why don't you, or if why don't everyone recap their list um, before we wrap here? Sure, uh, PJ, uh, Jalen. Kemba, Smart, and Amir Johnson slash Al <laughs> <laughs> Same same player basically. Yeah. Um, um Avery Bradley, Al Horford, Kemba Walker, Rajan Rondo, and Mr. James Posey. Wow. So I haven't named my number two yet, guys. And he hasn't been brought up here. Wow. Do you guys have any guesses before I I, I everyone on my list has been named, like on my honorable mentions and all that. So I'm Is it- Oh wait, can I can I guess? Yeah. I think I know. Yeah. Evan Turner. Honorable mention. Good guess, though. Aaron Baines. No. Another good guess. Wow. Who is it? This guy has a he has a ring. Eddie House. He's pretty important on those teams. Eddie House? No. Guys, Kendrick Perkins. Hmm. He, Annie Ainge signed him in to a rookie extension, four years, $16 million uh, in the summer of... 2000 or the, in the fall of 2006 I want to say genius and just a genius move and again they had no once they made those trades uh, for Ray and KG they had no wiggle room no extra money but they were able to keep Perk because Perk was signed for so little and they were able to keep him for that you know obviously that four year window up until the 2010-2011 season and before that ACL tear happened like he was a crucial piece on defense saved KG from having to get beaten up night after night um, could make a little hook shot would stay out of the way on offense and say save uh, set monster picks and yeah like again front office kind of getting ahead of the curve and seeing a guy like hey this is someone who could be really important for us in the secondary role and we want to lock him in for as long as possible um and again, helped get him a title. So that's that's not my number two. That's Perk. I don't know if I wow. put him two, but that's, a, that's pretty solid. Like certainly a fantastic signing. Solid reasoning. Um, yeah, good on you, Vera. All right. Well, again, not as much. A lot of different names here for the top five too, which is good. This was again a lot more good signings than bad signings for Danny Ainge in the front office to say at least over the last 15 years plus but um yeah get at us at winning plays pod on twitter who had the best lists who had the worst picks um at michael v pina at rich underscore levine at brian t rob um i think this is probably gonna wrap our ainge look back series guys um maybe we'll do one more if we can think of an idea but we actually might have some real basketball to talk about soon um maybe maybe Knock on wood. But uh, stay tuned for that. Seas will go down to Orlando this week. Uh, we'll be back with you guys later this week. Um, talk about that and much more here on the Winning Place Pod.